Welcome to Stone Alchemy. I'm Mikey D on the side of the mic, and my buddy Russ is on the other. Join us around this mystical fire, and we'll attempt to make gold of any wedding topic, and vice versa. From pizza on Boiker to mushroom seekers from Zeta Reticuli, and everything in between. Nothing is off topic when you dabble in Stone Alchemy. Uh, well, that sound you're hearing is uh, New York City. That's the sirens going off. A seaplane just passed overhead. And we're on Mike's roof. Yeah, in case you're wondering where yeah. this uh, this ambient sound is coming from. <laughs> it's a very special episode of Stoned Alchemy. Uh, we're going to call it Tale of Three Grandfathers. But seriously, we're up here on the roof, on Mike's roof. On a gorgeous uh, day One of the most spectacular days I've seen so far this year. And we have the support of the New York City Police Department, as you, <laughs> you can continue to hear they're backing us up, keeping everyone at bay. And this is the first episode of Stone Alchemy where me and Russ are in the same place doing it. Usually yes, we're we on are. a phone blocks, you know, on the other si- opposite sides of Manhattan, but here we are across the table. Naked. Uh, <laughs> well, Russ is half naked, actually. Well, I'm saying. half naked. And we're, you know, drinking beer and smoking a stogie, and it's kind of nice yeah, it's to enjoy. Nice. So what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about more about movies. Right? Yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about uh, more about No Exit and different schools. And and again, I mentioned uh, earlier the tale of three grandfathers. And what do you mean by that when you say three grandfathers? Explain to the people. Well, what I mean by that is uh, the, the film we did, No Exit, actually started as a different film called Different Schools. And it was a different grandfather. And then we did a photo shoot up here. We'll get into it much later. So there was another grandfather... And then the actual production that we had released was with with yet another grandfather. So oh, there were yeah. three different people. Three old dudes. And this is going to be a, kind of about the tale, the interwoven tale of high intrigue and pigeons. Look at the pigeons eating your, your peppers hey, get there. get out of my peppers. <laughs> There's pigeons up here, too, I forgot to mention. It is a roof. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, like... Uh, I remember back when we when we were, when this was different schools and we were dealing with this guy named Renato Romano, who was an LA producer, and he wanted us to get name actors, so we did, and we found out that Vincent Gardenia was doing a play on the west side of Manhattan in like 76th Street. There was a theater there, so I just I got in touch. Somehow I got in touch with him, and I dropped the script off at his at the uh, box office, and he read it, and he got back to us, and he really liked the part, and he wanted to play Vincent. Vincent Mazzarino was the character. Yeah, that was name. the character's name, yeah. And we were putting together a promotional sheet, a one sheet, and we needed photos, so we figured we'd shoot it up here on this roof. The same, the very roof that we're talking to you from. Yeah. The same roof. And he came over, and uh, he was such a sweet guy. I'll never forget though, when he walked into the apartment, the first thing he asked me was to lower the blinds, because he didn't want people looking at him from <laughs> from across the street. I don't know. Yeah, I don't he know. had a thing. He had a thing. With sunlight. And then we and then we came up here and who else was was in that shoot? Well, was a Nick Sandow. Nick Sandow, Nicholas from Sandow Orange from, is a New Black, but that right, was when he was, he was just Nick Sandow. And who was <laughs> the other actor? It was Jace Alexander. Jace Alexander. Not Jason from Seinfeld, yeah, but right. Jace Alexander, mm-hmm. who was the daughter of the daughter, the son of uh, a famous <laughs> actress actually. And he went on to direct films and but well, remember we did have worked on a film called on Long Island with uh, what was that film called? A Mortal Obsession. Yes, Mortal Obsession. And yep. he was in that. It was a god-awful movie. That Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah, it was a god-awful movie. Yeah, that, that was a pretty... It was fun to shoot, though. We spent, like, three couple or four weeks. days... No, uh, a couple of weeks in Long Island. Well, we, we broke it up. 
No, we were there two weeks solid. Oh, you, um, I got, see, my memory, the memories got <laughs> blurred. You're right. We, it was a big film, and we also, it was with one of the stars from Battlestar Battlestar Galactica. Galactica. What was his name? Richard Hatch. Richard Hatch Richard was Hatch there. was in That's that right. movie, Richard too. Hatch, Jace Alexander, and, uh, Alexander and, a, and a bunch of other people that and no one knows. who was the director of that? Was, was <laughs> George Rowe. George Rowe, who was known for his, uh, I guess, Hong Kong kung fu type films. That's right. Films, um, and where Max Cravani was the producer. Yeah, Max. Max yeah. He was a typical New Yorker. It was like, ah, we gotta do it. We gotta do it cheap. We gotta go down to South Carolina because <laughs> it's cheap to shoot it down there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So Jace was in that, yeah. And uh, well, that's a whole other story. We could have an episode on, yeah, I, on I, Mortal I Obsession, which yeah. we definitely should. Mortal, and and also that, sh- yeah, exactly. That was a funny shoot. But anyway, so we're, we we came up here. We did this whole shoot, and oh, I remember another funny story. He wanted to make a phone call, and at the time I had a Garfield phone. It was actually Susie's, my wife. Before we moved, it was just before I was married. And Susie had a uh, Garfield phone, and he needed to make a phone call. And he picked it up. He goes, "How the hell he used this damn thing?" You know, he's talking into a cat's ass. It was pretty funny. Which, which Vincent Gardiner did not find humorous. In fact, <laughs> I don't think he found many things humorous. <laughs> but that's okay. the The point is, at that time, and right before him was was another grandfather, and we were we were struggling to remember this this gentleman's name because he was actually a very kind. Sweet man, colorful, very, very colorful flamboyant. person, and we can't remember his name. He died a long time ago, but he he was like a typical grandfather character, very nice. He saved at a plant growing, and he he was putting his pipe tobacco into it. And, oh, really? And stuffed it, and he brought it back to life. <laughs> pipe tobacco. But that's we a good we shot question. down in the village yep. for that one, and back then it was called different schools, and yep. the story was kind of similar to the story that Vincent Gardenia had. It was still it was still much more of a wholesome story. It was like Bronx Tale, uh, which sadly, when Bronx Tale came out, I remember being pissed because I was like, oh my God, this story is very similar to different schools. And uh, it it was kind of like, I wouldn't say coming of age, but it was kind of a maturity thing, a coming to grips with uh, you're growing up and you got to do something in your life. You can't just loaf around you can't just sell drugs you can't just you know whatever it might be you got to find something and you got to be happy and and this and both of these you know, these grandfathers in the original stories carried that through for the movie which drastically changed when well we- yeah and it's sadly the reason why it changed i hate to say well i don't know if who who agalante was the guy who played the grandfather in the final film of no exit yeah and I mean, I, he wasn't a SAG actor. He he hadn't acted in years, and he was more stagey. So unfortunately, we had to lose a lot of his scenes because they just mm-hmm. he wasn't a strong enough actor to See, carry just so it. So people don't understand. If you if you're making a movie with actors who are used to making film, it's a different process than say theater, where on theater you have to project your voice. You have to. I'm going to say my line now and and do my thing because you have the attention of an audience right there. So when you try to play that off, that angle on film, it just does not work. Uh, it comes off cheesy. It comes off cheesy, and it comes off very... Melodramatic. And very melodramatic. Um, and, and he was a nice man. You know, I went out with his, his cousin, it turned out. Oh, really? I didn't know that. You yeah, didn't know what the time? This girl, Sharon. Oh, Sharon was yeah, his cousin. Yeah, Sharon wow, was his cousin, and I, wow. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> wow, that's it. that is interesting. Yeah. But Vincent Godini, though, that, that day we uh, on the roof was, was, was a lot of fun, actually. And that promotional piece came out beautifully. It was a, yeah, very slick. Someone at CBS. My father had a connection yeah. at CBS, and, and they did it for free. And they laid out there. And my sister shot it. My sister, Laura, who was in the film, she was a good photographer, and we used a portrait camera, so a really high-quality portrait camera. So the uh, the, image, the, the images were, right, be- really the were beautiful, really uh, beautiful shots. 
uh, and uh, maybe we'll put a. We'll, I have one. Maybe we'll post it on the uh, on the site when we post yeah, this we, podcast. We do that. We'll, sure. we'll put a, we'll put an Im- the image up so you can see what it looked like. Vincent Gordini was really excited about doing the project. It was great. We were very excited to have him because he's a you know, he's a class actor, good good solid actor. Yes. But unfortunately, uh, well, he uh, what did happen? He died. He died. He died. And uh, that was sad. And I'll never forget. I was such a freaking film whore. I remember when he died. <laughs> I actually called the newspaper and said, "You know, Vincent Gordini was about to do his greatest role," <laughs> and they post, they wrote it, and they wrote the, the article. I still have the article from the New York Daily News where it says, "And the one, and the Oscar that may have eluded him was for a film called Different Schools." They actually wrote that in his obituary. And I know it. No, Mike, it, that probably would have been true too because it was a good story. It was a very different story for the time. And, and again, we, we've seen him in Moonstruck. I thought right. he, was, he was excellent in Moonstruck. And there was something about him. He, he was a grandfather character. And maybe as he was maturing, maybe he was lightening up a certain way. Or, or I don't know. Sometimes people want to pass on something to the younger generation. And maybe he saw the script as him being that character right. and working with a young Vinnie Mazzarino, which mm-hmm. is the character's name, to have him avoid the pitfalls in life and to avoid the mistakes that maybe he had made or someone else had made but the other character Benny by Lantini Benny. was basically a real bad influence type of character he played he, by, by uh, Nick Sandow yeah who was you know, this guy was into selling drugs and, and playing yeah. with guns and doing you know the kind of things that we do today that, <laughs> that are illegal but back then they were still illegal <laughs> and you get in a lot of trouble so anyway that was a story it was a tour ride. It was a kid torn between the streets and his and his grandfather. Yes, that's and the grandfather pretty. trying to hold him to, to, to a bit more, you know, quote family values, and uh, and, uh, and, the, and torn between that and the easy life of selling drugs and all that. And it sounds point. a little cliche. I mean, it was a lot like it was a lot like Bronx Tale. In fact, it was the same story basically. Yeah, unfortunately, but, unfortunately, that, Bronx Tale came yeah. out after we wrote ours, so I'm not quite. We didn't copy it. <laughs> you know, I just realized something though. There was a fourth grandfather. A fourth one? There was a fourth one that came before any of these guys. No, no, actually, it was the second one. When we went out to L.A., we met with this gentleman who was in Happy Days. Oh, you're absolutely right. It slipped my mind. Well, we didn't Al Molinaro. Th- yeah, Al Molinaro. Um, Molinaro. Molinaro, yeah, there's a sweetheart. He was going to play the grandfather, too. Yeah, he, he took us out to lunch at uh, some place in Hollywood. Yeah, he was great. He really wanted to play the part, too. And he hated... Al hated cursing. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was one of these guys that just doesn't like cursing. And there was some cursing in the script, but his character didn't curse. But uh, yeah, I'll never forget that day. We had a blast with him. And uh, remember, he tried to take us into Paramount Studios. Yeah, yeah he drove us. Uh, well, we, we followed him. He had his Mercedes Benz, and you can see his nose sticking out the car. A little and, helicopter and, coming and over. We pull up. Hold on one second. See, this is with live broadcast, well, you know, live recording in an outdoor venue. Yeah, we, we have a lot of helicopters here. Ooh, you want to see helicopters? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we follow Al in his Mercedes, and he takes us to the studio. He pulls up, and you see him talking to the guard, and you see him starting to almost haggle with the guard. <laughs> and, and you can just tell he turned around, and he just gave us you know, the, the I'm sorry, guys. I can't yeah, get you Yeah, he didn't in. have the clout, unfortunately. He didn't have the clout. and I think he was a little embarrassed. I felt bad for him. Yeah, I he did. He was such a nice man. But, but that's how nice of a person. He was, he was trying to get three basic strangers into the studio and let us roam free through <laughs> sound stages at will doing what we wanted to do 
the whole day unsupervised. That's think what we thought. That. That's what we thought well, was going to happen. Thought. You know, we were dreaming of that. And I was like, sorry, guys, I don't think I could do that. And, and I could see, I, I, I would imagine you have to be someone probably like like Brad Pitt yeah. to probably get that kind of clout. Today. I mean, the studios are really strict yeah. uh, with Absolutely. security. Yeah. I visited Sony Studios, you know, a couple times. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just very, very, very strict. And for, for, you know, for understandable reasons. You don't want nuts on the set. You got a lot of celebrities. You got a lot of stalkers. So you know, and not only that, but the, the security, the secrecy of certain movies and things. Well, yeah, it's a very private thing. When you're making a movie before you actually have a film ready and to release, you have to keep it under wraps because you don't know what might happen. There could be sure. a million different reasons, but. But he was fun. I remember the great stories you told us about working on Happy Days and working on The Odd Couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. So wow, how did we? We just that's so funny. We totally forgot about him. So then, wait. So then, Vincent Gardini died, and so who was <laughs> left? So then, the next dude was we. Well. A couple of years later, we actually got the film funded, and we had our big auditions. I don't know, how many guys do you think we read for the grandfather? A lot of guys, um, and it was it was definitely a couple of years later because we we were at this elevated mental state. Of, we're going to make a big Hollywood film now. We got a star, and we're going to be able to do this thing grand style. And then as time went on, all but one of our stars stayed with us through the actual final film and he wasn't a star at the time and he wasn't really a star yeah, at the wasn't, time he wasn't he, he, was he nobody was, at the time <laughs> yeah and, and we almost got him killed one time camping that's another story and um, we almost got him killed in the, the story where he, which was the well, our last episode where we talk about the shoot the, the shooting scene well the scene where we he beats up Johnny at the phone booth and the cops drew the guns at us which we, you heard the story in the last episode yeah that's Nick Sandow and, and he's, he's a great actor and he does what he can to make his characters come to life and he stood with us so, the problem was, and it was a big mistake, I think, is that we decided, well, we didn't decide, but the producer decided he did not want to do this film SAG because he didn't understand okay. the rules. Exactly. And, and we thought, um. we listened to him because, you know, we trusted his judgment, but actually SAG is very easy to work with. You could, you could get any actor you want for, like, a, for a very small salary. They have low-budget deals. You know what it is, Mike? I, I think from Max Carvani, from him, he instilled in us all these bad thoughts about unions like union right union truck drivers on the shoot burning is set down right, which, you do, which is so which untrue is, it's bullshit it's total bullshit and 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 also about not using seg actors, right. which is like the greatest mistake ever it is because the seg actors are better because then you're dealing with professionals professional you know people actors, are professional yeah. actors and and they know i mean unless you're doing like a five thousand dollar movie right that's a different story but we we actually had enough money we probably could easily, have easily but our it. executive producer, Mr. Buckley, was a porn um, producer. Was a porn producer. I never and, dealt with and, snake. And, and he didn't even want to spend like a dollar on a condom. <laughs> you know, he, he was the kind of guy that was very tight with the fun, with the funds, and it, it was it was a mistake we made. It was a, it's, it's kind of funny though. But can you picture three guys sitting in a studio on Forty Second Street, going through a budget, and running downstairs with our final version <laughs> of the budget to, to Mr. Buckley? Okay, here it is. It's like no, it's too high. It's like, okay. So we just got. So we go back upstairs <laughs> and we just start deleting shit. Right. We don't like, know. What we're well, doing. we don't need food. <laughs> we don't need walkie-talkies. We don't. Right. Need well, we did make concessions. We didn't blow up a car. Yeah, that was a shame. So it was a different time in New York. Perhaps it was still a bit grittier. And, and maybe there was that reputation about the union still around, but it was all maybe. Baloney. But he thought. I think the problem was he thought that if we did SAG, we had to have SAG everybody else, the whole rest of the crew had to be SAG. Yes. And that's not true. Yeah. It, there's a SAG low budget deal that that allows for 
non-union crew, but you could, but you use SAG actors. And when you use SAG actors, you're going to get much higher cost, especially elderly actors. If, if mm, you're an mm. elderly actor and you're not in SAG, you're probably not very good. I hate or to say just, that. Or you just started. Actually. Or you just started, right, correct. Yeah, or you just started. And this man was very sweet, very nice, but eh, some of his performances were not very good. We had to cut, And not only him, there were some younger actors whose performances were pretty bad that we had to cut out. Yeah, and when you shoot a film and you're rushing around trying to get all these shots in that you did that you're really trying to do and then you have everything all together in the editing room and you're looking at, at this stuff you gotta yeah. really make some bad hard decisions hard on, decisions and you wind up cutting people and they end up oh, on the editing floor yeah and, and so the film took a different direction because the only strong performances really were Ben was Nick Sandow's and some of those guys so it, it became much more much more of a gritty dark violent movie mm-hmm. uh, because the better actors were those roles the kid who played the good kid, you know, again, he was his first time. It was a, it was in over his head, I think. It was mm-hmm. a big role for somebody who had never done a, any real feature film, any right. film before. And uh, he wasn't a method actor. Uh, Nick, I think, is a method Nick, actor, Nick, Yeah, right? which, which has so, its down... Which has its downfalls, but when you when you have an inexperienced actor dealing with... He's untrained. Who's untrained, untrained. Working with other actors, especially a method actor, it could throw you off. You don't know... How to handle it. so what happens is your performance becomes relatively flat very and uninspired so you're not into the character as much as you think you are you think you that there's so much more to do than just read lines you gotta know yeah you, you, gotta, you gotta be the part it's a craft and it's a craft that needs to be honed and trained and you know the best actors work very mm-hmm. very hard at it and that's why they're good i like yelba osario Yelba, Yelba, yeah, Yelba. She, was, she did a great performance. Yelba Osorio was, was married to uh, is John Leguizamo's first wife. Yes, and uh, she she did a great performance on the rooftop. I love that scene. On that the scene was good. She was not my choice. I, I actually yeah. I got outvoted. I didn't want her. Well, I didn't want who who voted for her then. Uh, Dave, Dave and Trish they outvoted us somehow. So Trish had a vote because she was the casting. She was a casting director. director. They made it look like a. I mean, she didn't look like she came from East Harlem. But anyway, we're getting off the, traf- the topic of the grandfathers. But uh, <laughs> Wu was again a good guy. Woo. But there were some scenes that were really really intense and needed a really serious actor. And he he was playing it almost like Humphrey Bogart, like very. Mm, I think he watched mm. a lot of movies. And I remember one yes. time, funny story. It's not actually. It's kind of a sad story, but there was one scene where he had a line and he had a pause in the line. And and I remember Nick told me after the shot, he goes, "You know, I counted to ten between the the, the one line and the next." He had such a deliberate, long, pinter-like pause that was so stagey, and it was. You I know, mean, it was fixed in the editing, but yeah, that was a guy that just didn't know how to do screen. You mentioned that film now. You, I didn't realize that until now. It's he tried to copy Humphrey Bogart yeah you could hear it in his voice it's like let me tell you what I think Vinny yeah he (laughs) takes a drag or takes a drink Uh, yep it's like you know what's wrong with you kid he was doing that kind of thing he was doing a lot of those pauses a lot of those um, again the character in the film was a bit of an alcoholic, if I remember. He was a heavy. He drink. was a drinker. Well, he was in a bar all the time. Yeah, basically. he was a drinker. Yeah. And and the neighborhood locals used to really well the mob. Tease him. The mob guys used to make because he was like anti-mob. You know, he was anti-mob. He was an ex-cop, wasn't he? These he was an ex-cop. Magician. That's right. He was an ex. I forgot about that. He was an ex-cop. He was and a magician. Uh, um, a magician. Yeah, he would. Yeah, remember that that was the line because he would disappear. He would do a disappearing oh, act. Oh right, right, right. Anytime something happened on his post on his beat, he would disappear. So they call him. They called him the magician, the magician. and and then most of the most of that just ends up 
uh, gone. I'm the cutting room floor. Yeah, he wound gone. up, I think, in like three scenes or something. You know? Yeah. There was a one scene yeah. with him and Vinny on the stoop, which was he did a he did a good job with, uh, and a couple of others. But unfortunately, it, it changed the story and it became much more of a dark, cynical. Uh, it, it was it, it really reflected it had a completely different vibe than the original script did. Uh, which we're gonna put the link up, by the way, uh, on the podcast. This is Stoned Alchemy, by the way. And we're going to put a link up, hopefully, for the artwork that we mentioned. And we're going to put, put a link up for the full movie. The full movie, which on is on YouTube. You can watch and check it out. It's actually a, a, not a work print. What would you call it? It's a release it is, print with a time code on it. It had time code on it. It's right. a work print. It is a now, work print. Just to be clear, this is our version, or is this, or is this, is this the Zagarino version? Or is this the Zagarino version? Uh, no, the one that's on YouTube is not the Zagarino right, version. Right, which is fine with me. Uh, there, there was, we'll talk about that in another episode where we, when the film got picked up by a distributor. The only place this play, this film was sold was like Germany, and I, I think I mentioned in a previous <laughs> episode I have a German of version of this film, dubbed in German, which is hilarious. And there was another actor brought in, and new scenes were shot, but that's for another story. Uh, the the version that's on YouTube is, is yeah, it's a work print with the time code. Yeah, you'll see. It's got probably more of Lula uh, Galante in it. Yeah, there's a lot more of it in there, and it's probably closer to our yeah inspired story Probably, yeah. than, than what, we, what came afterwards and what came afterwards was uh, a bunch of other 35 millimeter footage was right. shot and it's it's somewhat noticeably apparent the quality of the, of the image it looks gorgeous though yeah. I mean Dick Brooks shot that too yeah Dick, Dick shot it, it, it yeah. looks absolutely gorgeous um, but you can tell it, it was taking the story in a completely different direction yeah it but did from, so we went from uh, the original grandfather who was like uh, the sweet elderly bubbly, old man. Bubbly yeah. guy. Uh, bubbly guy. Putting his to pipe tobacco in my plant to make it grow better. And Al Molinaro. Then we went to Al Molinaro. Then we went to Vincent Gardinia. And then he died. And then we went and, to And then Lou. we went to... to good old Lou. Uh, good old Lou. Oh, man. There's a story. I, I don't know if it was... You weren't... I don't know if you would... You may have been there. It was during a rehearsal. And... The guy that played Augie... Now, Augie was the mobster in the movie, and mm. he was the brother of Wu Agalante, of, of, of the, the grandfather. Right. And we were rehearsing a scene one day, <laughs> and there's a scene where the two of them are kind of, like, getting tough with each other, like, you know. And I don't know what Wu did. He touched them or something. Now, now the guy that played Augie was a real tough guy, like a real-life boxer. He was a tough guy. Kind of a wise... I don't know if he's really a wise... Not a really a wise no. guy, but he hung out with wise He guys. was a good wise guy. But he... Pulled, pulled his fist back like he was going to hit Lou for real. And we had to break him up. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, relax. We're just rehearsing, you know. and That annoyed the shit out of me. I was like, really? Seriously? You're going to punch a guy because it's in a rehearsal? I can't stand that kind of shit. <laughs> you know, but uh, that over machismo. It's like, stop. Well, yeah, the machismo tends to bleed in. Uh but we've had a number of had a number of fights on that set. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about the, one. With yeah, we with Peter the fight Clark. ball and, and the bar. With, with, yeah, but there with were a couple Peter others. Clark. Um, and we also had infighting. In you know, on, on part one of this, I had the whole thing with me driving in the van, and that was actually kind of laid back. If I had maybe smoked about three joints or something, <laughs> me being mellow. But the reality is, sometimes you're doing some yelling and arguing and. Push comes to shove sometime. That's the last thing you want. Yeah, they, you don't want that kind of vibe on a film set. It's just, it's ugly, and uh, it's not fun. I don't think, I doubt that really happens anymore. I mean... Well, I mean, it might, but it's, it's. I mean, say, oh, Diva's out there. Like some of the older films, a lot of these stories come out. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know like Marlon Brando was boozing it up or something. Well, there's no one recent... Cheetah no? Rivera sleeping with Marlon Brando just to piss off... Just to piss off. I mean... <laughs> 
Weird. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're people. Weird you know, they're games, people, and you know, you know they, some of them get a little, their egos get in the way. But Lou Aglante had no ego, you know, that's for sure. He had no he, ego, he, he had no personality. You know, he. I hate to say that. Not uh, for the character. But he I wasn't mean, he was a, strong enough of an actor. Yeah, he was not you know? strong enough for the So he never really had, I mean, I, I've, if I had to go back and choose the best guy to play the grandfather, it certainly would have been Vincent Gardini. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely Vincent Gardini. And it's a shame. Again, I've seen him in, in Moonstruck, that's what kind of got the attention. I, yeah. Well, but anyway, but those were our grandfather. That's our grandfather story. Uh, tell of three, three, three and a half grandfathers. Three and a half grandfathers. <laughs> but, uh, and we will continue this, uh, these, this theme of, of behind the scenes of the movie making of me and Russ. And even our, and our cousin, and we got to mention Dave, who is my co- the co-director on, on this film. He's not, you know, not here at the moment, obviously. But He's, he's under FBI uh, <laughs> witness protection. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the, our movie experiences and uh, maybe aunts and uncles and just grandfathers. Who knows what else? We have a lot of stories left. There's a lot of good stories. So next time. On Stoned Alchemy. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.